Welcome to the Living Through Heart podcast. I'm Donna Joy Asher and I'm an analytical hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist, a spiritual healer, a magnetic mind coach and a multi-award winning best-selling author. I believe that everybody is capable of creating whatever they want if they can just get out of the beliefs and stories in their head. This podcast is an audio blog of my thoughts as I go on a journey to heal my soul, surrender into my feminine power and to live from the present moment in heart. I hope you find it amusing, interesting, thought-provoking, touching, raw and inspiring. Hello, I'm Donna Joy Usher and welcome to my Living Through Heart podcast. This is episode 37. Uh, normally, well, not normally, sometimes when I'm going to record a podcast, I plan it out. I think about it and I even jot down notes to remind myself and things to say. Um, this is not one of those times. And basically what I'm doing is I'm using your ears and this podcast to walk my way mentally through a process. I mean, at this very moment, um, and I am at the tail end of it. Uh, But I find, you know, like anything, talking about stuff helps you make sense of things and helps really kind of like solidify the information and the knowledge that you have um, received through something. And so that is what I'm going to do in this podcast. And what I'm talking through is, you know, being important, the importance of being important (laughs) or on being important, basically. Now, for me, important and special are two different things. For me, um, special is kind of like, and and I, I say this because probably about six months ago when I started this journey. Now, I keep talking about this last six months, this journey I've been on. When I, I've been on a journey for a very long time, quite a few years of working through my, my stuff and releasing things and going through process. But six months ago, basically what happened was I, um, I took a lover and things were amazing for like the first month and um, I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was getting everything that I wanted, you know, affection, attention, beautiful texts, phone calls, and then it just stopped. And basically, um, I had attracted once again a very avoidant male and I, mean, I don't know what happened on his end. I, I could only assume stuff. And I'm not going to actually put the assumptions into words because that's a narrative, a story that I've created in my head and it might not be true. But let's just say a wall, a thick wall went up uh, and everything was taken away pretty much almost overnight. And it just sent me into the biggest tailspin. Um all my anxious attachment, which I wasn't even really aware of, was triggered up. And um, the pain of the rejection was so big that I've, it's, I've just come through it. So it's taken me five, six months of holding myself in this and, and um, actually going back in. So like he was still happy to be my lover, just not to give me um, emotion, affection, to make me important or a priority. And that's fair enough. You know, we had a conversation about it and he told me where he was. Um, you know, he was quite honest about that after that initial stage. And I chose to use this as a chance to really trigger up all of my shit surrounding this because I figured, well, I'm kind of in a safe container. I know where he stands. There's no confusion. And this stuff that's here needs to be dealt with. So I may as well deal with it rather than sort of just leave and then wait for for perhaps finding somebody who is going to be important to me and having it trigger up then. And in reality, I mean, until I dealt with this stuff, until I dealt with this anxious attachment energy and was able to get through it and to come to security within self, I was never going to be able to attract somebody who was going to be good for me anyway, right? It was going to be able to give me what I what I want and need and to be able to meet me where I am. So in retrospect, I'm really happy that I did this. So I would basically... Uh, 
we would meet, um, have an amazing time, beautiful connection, intimacy, um, and then there would be nothingness. And in that nothingness, I would sit in the pain and process emotion and take myself into memories and take myself back into stuff and work with Charlotte, my my gorgeous friend and mentor and Keith and um, different girlfriends and and do hypnotherapy on myself. And I would just keep taking myself back into the fire, into the pain to work through the process until I came out the other side. And then I would go back down and spend another night there and trigger it up again. So that's my journey for the last six months. And that's the first time I've actually, you know, mentioned it publicly so (laughs) what's been going what actually happened and I probably met with him maybe six or seven times before I was able to pull my energy out and into myself and to yeah breathe again and to not need to go back to know that that process was done but what was really important that happened during that was just before the new year. So I'm recording this in May 2023. So just before the new year, when I kind of realized, uh, you know, what was happening and he'd pulled back and, and I was coming to terms with that uh, pain and rejection, I went into this huge process in myself. And it it was like having an alien come out of my chest for like five hours. There's the physiological symptom of this pain I was in. And I basically just lay in bed and held myself in that pain and went into this memory that I had never gone into before, which is amazing, right? Because, and it's interesting, during hypnotherapy, I used to think how interesting that I never went to this thing that happened to me when I was 15. And I was uh, my first, basically, the first boyfriend um, dumped me. Um, but in a really beautiful way. He was a lovely guy and he was very special in that very, uh, very mature and he uh, broke up with me, but he sat me down and had a very beautiful conversation with me about why he was breaking up with me. And and basically what I had gotten from that relationship, because he was a very unique individual um, as a 15-year-old girl who was a bit of a gangling, ugly duckling, to be honest, um, it was this feeling of being special that this guy had wanted to spend time with me. And it only lasted maybe three or four months before he didn't want to spend time with me. And it just ripped me apart. And I was in this pain for like a year, unable to tell anyone about it because no one understood. And if I did sort of mention it, it was just like that, oh, well, you'll get over it sort of thing. So I couldn't tell my parents. And I was studying really hard and I was also um, you know, studying piano and I was just doing all this extracurricular activity and sports and basically holding myself together with activity during the day. And then when I hopped into bed at night, just being ripped apart and the sorrow and the grief and working through that. And I had never gone there in therapy, right? Anyway. During this process uh, that I went into just about six months ago, that's where I went, back to this memory. And I swam back to the energy of this memory in this 15-year-old girl. And I was able to realize during that that it had made me feel special. And I couldn't believe. And, and, and there was just like this, and, oh, you know, when you get something and you can't believe it. And it's like maybe you're a little girl and you get given some beautiful toy or a, a jewel or a necklace or a piece of jewelry, something so pretty and beautiful and it just like it makes you feel like you're a princess like that's what the feeling that I had from that 15 year old that was dashed away and that's what was getting triggered up now this guy had like I mean it it was never meant to be a relationship it was just meant to be a, a lover situation but but he had like turned it around and started giving me stuff that had made me feel like it was going to be more than just that and then I had bought into it and I had invested emotionally into it because of that and then he ripped it all away And I was left with this feeling of um, this pain. So at that point in time, I went into 
the pain and of that 15 year old and I sat with it until I was able to identify that what had happened was this feeling of special had been taken away from her and then you know in hypnotherapy we identify what the issue is the core belief problem or whatever whatever was happened in that time that became the created the belief or became a part of the foundational belief system that we're living our life from like so what was the perception that was created what was the lens that was put in front of our eyes that we now see the world through and then we reenact we allow we allow the expression of the pain the grief all of the happiness the joy whatever's happening right we allow the expression of that emotion this is analytical hypnotherapy by the way not clinical hypnotherapy and this is core root um, therapy the way i've been taught to do it where it's kind of almost like an embodiment where we're actually really releasing this energy as well I'm very similar to what I'm learning at the moment with the Tantra embodiment practitioner training. But we go in and we, we release and we allow and then we reenact. And the thing about the unconscious mind is it doesn't know the difference between uh, reality and um, fact and fiction. So fact and fiction. So when you reenact something in the unconscious mind, it's true. It's just as true as the other thing that happened. Because let's face it, the way we're perceiving stuff anyway is just fiction. You know, so, something happens and then we write a story about it in our head. It's just fiction. Our whole life is just a whole, <laughs> a whole fiction story, right? So uh, I'm distracting myself where I was. Yeah, so, uh, so yes, you reenact. But it just didn't feel right to me in this moment to reenact this as in, oh, but you are special. You are special and to give her what it needed. And, and it just felt wrong. And then I'm like, well, this is so weird because when you need to be loved, we, we bring in, you know, lovability. And when you need, you know, these other qualities, we bring them in. But for me, the quality of special felt wrong. So I sat with that for a while. And then I realized it's because I wasn't special. And special is actually like for you to be special, somebody else has to be not special. So for you to be special is kind of like almost like this elitism thing where you're special and that person's not. And then there's this like, well, how special am I? Am I more special than that person? Am I more special than that one? Am I special enough to get this? And it's like this sliding scale of specialism. <laughs> Just invented a new word. Um, and it's not a place to live your life from, the need to be special. And I went into this pain of like, oh my God, I'm not special. And that was like, uh, the pain of that, of realizing that I wasn't special. And that took me into, wow, I am, um, what's the point of getting out of bed if not to prove I'm special, right? And my whole life had been revolving around, very unconsciously, on being special. Everything that I did, I had to be the best. I had to do this. I had to do that. You know, I, and it was all this like, gaining acknowledgement through accomplishments right and being lovable because of my accomplishments which wasn't working out so well for me I might add right but that was what I had created as a small child and how to stay safe and how to be loved and I was still playing this out as a 50 year old woman so then I, I dropped into the pain of not being special and then it made me question all my other work I had done it was like well if I'm not special am I lovable if I'm not special, am I worthy? And having to realize that, well, yes, you are. And then it was like, well, if I'm not special, what am I? And finally, I dropped into the truth of it, right? Which I'm not special, but I'm whole. And with that brought such a sense of peace and such a sense of beauty. It's the wholeness within us. So what I've been working on more recently is being important. So for me, important is different from special. Because you can be important. You don't have to be more important. You can just be important, right? And you can expect to be important to the important people in your life. So to your spouse, your partner, you know, 
well, hopefully your siblings, your parents, but it's a choice, right? They don't have to find you important. So the pain I've been going through recently is on realizing the lack of importance that I've had. So when I look back on my very long, um, you know, relationship of, um, you know, with my ex-husband of 20, what, 25, 27 years. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> how long it was exactly. I think it's, it's, I think it's been 20, we were together for 25, it's been 27 years since it began. And realizing that my importance within the relationship was really just there um, to make him feel good about himself. And I mean, this is obviously my interpretation of it. But when you get to a point when you, you want to change and shift what you're doing and you're not supported within that, where your wants and needs aren't supported. So basically, I wanted to not be a dentist anymore. And I was doing all this stuff, trying to find a different way to be able to make um, a sustainable income. And when you're not supported within that, where, you're, where your deep desire and your well, almost like hatred for something is not important and you're just like, no, well, why don't you just keep doing it? Then then you realize that your wants and needs are important and and. There's many other things within it, right? And this is just my narrative, my story on a situation. It doesn't mean that it's the truth. It's just my truth at the moment, right? And this is what I'm looking at letting go of. So working back on the pain of that and realizing, right, well, I wasn't important. Who I was wasn't important. My opinions didn't matter. What I liked and what I didn't like didn't matter. They weren't important. And things were only important, actually, when they aligned with his wants and needs and what he thought was important and I didn't realize that because initially when we were together then you know a lot of our wants and needs were aligned and um, you know what he liked to do was enjoyable so I would just go along with it and it wasn't until later on in life where I started to you know be more interested in my health from a point of view of not wanting gluten and not wanting dairy and and um, you know alkaline water and and like not wanting to be a dentist anymore and I started to deviate from his path that it became evident that actually me and who I am and what I wanted was not really a factor in the relationship I was just really there to support him so I'd like to be a supporting role in his play and almost like to be the mother figure that shows up and is just there to support and to nurture and to give and to love and to make them feel important. So there's a lot of pain, obviously, in there and in the realization of that. And obviously reflecting back, I didn't just fall into that by accident, reflecting back through my childhood as well. Um, my interpretation, obviously, this is my interpretation of something, which, as I said, I'm looking at shifting at the moment with the process that I'm in. So now we, this is where we're getting into uncharted waters because this is where my thought process is at the moment and what I'm, where I'm working through. So... For me, it's been this not being allowed that I've been working through, not being allowed to be important, not being allowed to have wants and needs. And there's been a lot of anger inside me about that. When you show up 100% in something and then realize that you as a person, your mind, your thoughts, your desires, your wants, your needs weren't really a factor, weren't really important at all, then I've got a lot of anger around that. And I've been walking this morning and allowing that to play out. But something happened last night. I had a I had a session with one of my girlfriends who I'm coaching with, um, in the the spiritual healing practitioner training that we're, we're um, coaching at the moment with Keith Hodge, and she took me through um, into an ancestral healing. And at the end, when we came out, I was trying to release this thing and and I couldn't. And I realized that I had a secondary intention within this thing, and it was basically releasing the thread of this ancestral healing, which was on exactly this stuff, like on not being important on 
being alone, on being sad, on not being loved. All this stuff that I was feeling had, had come out in a thread and ancestrally and I couldn't let go of it. I couldn't release it and I realized that I had a secondary intention surrounding that which is when I'm getting something out of it even though I don't want it even though I I saying I'm saying putting a hand on my heart and saying I don't want this anymore I can't let go of it which means I'm getting something out of it so a part of me is getting something out of it and they're not willing to let that go so I've been walking this morning and working out what that is and it's the part of me that was feeling important because I wasn't important <laughs> so <laughs> is a really twisty turny path when you realize that one that oh my god hang on I'm getting my importance out of not being important therefore for me to let go of not being important I have to not be important and now I can't let go of it right it's like this almost like an oxymoron it's not about senses it's about things right they can't exist together anyway and I just had this like when I was letting my inner feminine express how she felt about this, she was just like shrieking because she just this one thing, she just wanted to hang on to this one thing. And then I realized it was this um, it was this story she'd created out of being wounded, the wounded, uh, the wounded daughter, the wounded wife. And that was part of my identity. And that's the narrative I've been playing out. And here I am, like, trying to sink through beneath all this stuff into oneness and wholeness. And I'm hanging on to this wounding and to this trauma and using it as a way to feel important. And I need to let it go. So where I'm at with it, and I'm pretty much at the end, I think I'm there, is the realization I had as I was walking. I started to see glimpses through the cloud of the light coming in. That the only person I actually need to be important to is myself. And that is the only person that I can actually control being important to is myself. And I mean, when you say that, when I say that, I'm sure that you're kind of like, oh yeah, of course, right? And it's obvious, but we all spend, and if we're honest with ourselves, right? We all spend a large portion of time trying to be important to other people, trying to have other people make us important, find us important. And the truth is we can't control that. They get to say who's important to them, not us. We can be the bestest in the whole wide world and they might not think we're important and that's okay. They get that choice. Or how we're important to them might not be how we want to be important. Like we might be important, um, like almost like object transference where they're transferring some sort of object like an object objectification onto you where you have a purpose in their life but it's not just you showing up as a human being and being important as a person and no matter what and being unconditionally loved right so sometimes we can be important in roles to people but actually who we are is not important on a whole and that's why we can be let down and disappointed sometimes so when we spend all that time trying to control people finding us important and being important to other people, it's almost like just trying to put spot fires out, right? I spent a lot of energy on it. Um, and this, we've still got the fires. Or if you imagine, imagine like a, um, a castle that you have and you're rather than defending the castle, all of your, all of your, um, your army is out fighting and moving around and fighting and they're just moving over here and moving over here and moving over but no one's actually defending the castle right now what if all we did was not worry about what was happening outside and all we did was worry about what's happening inside and on being important to ourselves and treating ourselves as we were the most important person in the world to us how would that look what would we do what choices would we make that were different 
Just have a think about that. If you were the most important person to yourself in the whole wide world, it's that whole put your oxygen mask on first thing, right? What would you do differently? You know, more self-care, definitely. Being kinder to ourselves, yeah. Letting go of any sort of self-hatred. Letting go of any sort of judgment. Just being 100% important to ourselves. And then do you think if we were living our life from that place of where we were the most important person in the world and that's all that mattered, but we were that the fact that we were important to ourselves and we were solid within that and we lived our, our like lived our life from that place where that was all that mattered that we were important to us. Do you think we would stay in relationships where we weren't found important or do you think it would be repugnant to us? Because we were no longer there trying to manipulate the situation to be important or to be loved or whatever comes with importance, right? So let's put in love in there with importance if we loved ourselves fully, unconditionally, and that's all we, we worried about, right? But it's this importance, right? Would we stay in relationships where people were treating us badly? No, we wouldn't because we're too important for that to ourselves. And if we are 100% important to ourselves, then we're probably pretty fine by ourselves as well. We can take ourselves away from there. We're not so ripped apart. We're not so wounded. We're not so lonely that we're trying to seek what we need from other people because we're already giving it to ourselves. So that's the place I'm sinking into, into that, into being the most important person to myself. And how does that look? How does that change things? My wants and my needs, what are they? And how can I fulfill them? And then once I'm in that place, once I'm in that space, I know that anything that I create from there in a relationship front will be very different to what I've had before because it will be coming from a place of me putting myself first, not in a not in a bad way, like not as if I'm not going to be there for my partner, for my beloved, not, as, not like I'm not going to be there to do things for them, but I'm also not going to accept less than what I want. I'm not going to compromise on things that are really important to me. Like, sure, sometimes we have things that are yeah, so-so. We can move our boundaries. But I used to just give up on everything, on who I was, to be loved, to be important, to feel that, right? It was like this, oh, like this balm to a wound, which is exactly what it was. But until I heal that wound, then I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep getting less than what I want. I'm going to be keep continuously being disappointed and I'm going to be blaming other people for it when all the time, every moment, the blame is 100% on me. Because if I can't find myself to be the most important person in the world, then how can I expect anybody else to find me important? Anyway, food for thought for everyone, myself included. I'm going to keep working on this and I think I'm almost there. So thanks for listening. Hope you got something out of it and I will, well, you'll hear me. <laughs> I can't say you'll see me in the next podcast. You don't get to see me at all, but you'll hear me in the next podcast, which will be um, planning for it to be about feminine and masculine energies. But, you know, things change when I get there. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Through Heart podcast. To find out more about me and Living Through Heart, check out DonnaJoyUsher.com and LivingThroughHeart.com. There you'll find links to everything you need, including some free tools to help you and ways you can work with me on your own soul healing journey.